But I want you to join me this morning as I read from the old prophet Joel. One of the prophecies that uh, was quoted by the apostle Peter in the second chapter of Acts as becoming a reality in that moment in time and space. But hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Joel is prophesying that God is going to send a messenger, that God is going to also send a, a Savior, that the sins will be forgiven and the people of God will be brought together. And this is where we catch up in verse 26 of chapter, verse 28 of chapter 2 of the, of the prophet Joel. Then after all those things, says the Lord, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will, will see visions. In those days I will pour out my Spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire, columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible days of the Lord arrives. But everyone who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, but just as the Lord has said, this will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. The word of the Lord. In an old children's story called Harold and, and um, his, his purple crayon, Harold has a great experience. And Harold actually has a little purple crayon, and he wakes up one day, and he starts drawing a road with his crayon, with his purple crayon. So he draws the road, and he goes on it. Great imagination, right? Harold continues to go, and he then builds a mountain with his purple crayon. And he climbs up on the mountain in his purple crayon. But when he gets to the top, he falls over because he didn't build the other side of the mountain fast enough with his purple crayon. So he falls over, and immediately he, he draws with his purple crayon a purple balloon. And in that purple balloon, he immediately, as he's falling down with a purple balloon, he draws a purple basket, and he fits in the basket safely, and the basket lands safely in the ground. He has many other adventures with his purple crayon. He has many other because his imagination just takes him over to fight with dragons and to be in the sea and to build a boat and have to deal with, with, sea, uh, with sea monsters. What an imagination with that simple purple crayon. A simple purple crayon. You see, imagination is the ability to form to create is the, is the God-given gift for us to imagine, to project outside or from inside, outside, that which we don't see. For example, how many of you imagined what you were going to wear this morning, last night? I did. I had to iron up, you know, and and, and then I went further in my imagination, and I found some tape, and I did something with a little glow sticks, you know. Imagination. But imagination is always from the inside. We always imagine something before it carries out. Now, uh, uh, God had an imagination. 
God had a great imagination. And God wanted, uh, uh, God imagined a relationship. God imagined not only a relationship with the Son and with the Spirit, but a relationship with a people that God was going to create. But before God created these people, God went ahead and created a playground. And He called it Earth. And that playground where God imagined having this wonderful relationship with God's people, He imagined and created birds of all sorts of all kinds. He imagined and created plants of all kinds of all sorts. He imagined and created sea creatures of all sizes and colors and shapes even. Imagination, innovation, ingenuity, inspiration, originality, creative, and diversity. All of that goes together in the package when God imagined having a relationship with a people. It was God's idea, not our idea. You see, we did not create God, but God created us. And God enjoyed exercising God's own imagination. But what happened was that things went wrong, and the creatures, the humanity that God created so that God could have this wonderful relationship imagined themselves without a God. So things went wrong, and sin and brokenness and selfishness took over as humanity imagined themselves without a God. And that imagination began to hurt others. And that imagination began to kill others. That imagination began to divide others for the sake of power, riches, and popularity. It began to oppress and kill others. But God imagined a way out of that mess. We imagined ourselves without God. But God, who is our creator, never imagined us without God. He always called us God's people. In the prophecies, we hear how much God's heart ached and yearned for God's people to come back. So one day, God imagined his son coming down. And God imagined himself becoming like you and I. What a concept! And God imagined himself becoming Emmanuel, God with us, human, just like you and I. And that imagination, in that imagination, then Jesus takes over God's imagination, and he begins to see a people. Oh, he sees them with compassion, and he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. But he imagines himself as the good shepherd. He imagines himself as the door. He imagines himself as the Savior and Lord. And he begins to treat those people. He imagined them who were a rusty, rude, uh, perhaps un uncultured, uh, uh, uneducated, uh, rough group of people. He began to imagine them as disciples. And no matter what, where they were, you know, in Jesus says in the Gospels, we always see Jesus seeing the best and imagining the best on his disciples. 
Even when he was aware that one of them was going to deny him. Even though that he was aware that one of them was going to betray him. And even though he was aware that all were going to abandon him in that moment. But he imagined loving them. He imagined caring for them. Jesus imagined speaking words that transform people. Jesus imagined amazing things of healing. He touched people and healed. Jesus imagined a new way of living. Jesus imagined us to be co-creators with that community. Actually, Jesus imagined us in such a way that Jesus calls us the church, that Jesus calls us the children of God. What an imagination. But as I said earlier, we don't do anything unless we imagine it first. We can't do anything unless we imagine it first. This morning, I, I, I was imagining maybe some fried eggs and, and a nice, you know, uh, bacon and, or, or sausage. Well, no, it was cereal and raspberries. This afternoon, I'll imagine something else. But you see, we don't do anything unless we imagine it first. Think about it. We don't do anything unless we imagine it first. Can you imagine yourself as more caring, more loving, with wider arms and more inclusive? Can you imagine yourself as a giving, generous, healing person? Oh, I'm not talking about the healing that you see a lame person, you touch them, they start walking. That could happen because God is God. But can you imagine yourself smiling, touching making the difference. Can you imagine this community becoming such united that other people will say, what is going on in there? Those people are strange because they love one another and they're not supposed to. Can you imagine as God imagines us? See, God has given us God's people, a whole slew of colors. Yeah, Harold had his simple little purple crayon. But what would happen if the Lord would bless us with more colors than just purple? What would happen? How far can our imagination go with more colors? How far can the Spirit of God take us once we embrace the diversity that God has created and the call that God has given us to go out and make a difference in this community? There are many colors to be given. There are many colors to be shared. There are many imaginations to be spread and given around. Imagine the people of God with many colorful crayons, what could they do? What can they do? Paul finishes his book of, of Ephesians in the third chapter, verse 20, 21, saying, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power, through His mighty power, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we may ask, <laughs> listen to this, or even imagine, or even imagine. 
Glory to him in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Now, when I'm talking about imagination, as I'm praying and discerning and watching TV and not knowing what is on TV, because my brain is somewhere else, I'm thinking of imagination. And then I thought of these words in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope, what we imagine. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Amen.